Welcome back to another episode of the Legendary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Rice. This is the show that's all about taking your health, your body, and your life to that next level. And today I have a very important solo episode for you that's entitled, Sitting is Killing You Even If You Exercise Regularly. And more importantly, I'm going to share with you what you can and should do about this. And we're going to go into this in depth today. And you're going to learn a lot about the negative health effects of physical inactivity, i.e. sitting for prolonged periods of time. You're also going to learn some practical things to actually get up and move because, of course, it's like, well, just get up and move more. Well, duh, right? You're going to get some really solid advice. I've thought about this. At least I think it's solid. I've put a lot of thought into it is what I'm trying to tell you. But before I get to that, I want to tell you I'm super excited. I'm recording this. Today is Wednesday. This won't go out until Monday. But tomorrow on Thursday, I'm on my way to a vacation for a week. I'm going to Cancun, Mexico, where I'm going to be exploring ancient Mayan ruins and scuba diving through an underwater art gallery and the reefs of the Mexican Riviera. And we're going to do some snorkeling through some underground rivers. It's kind of really interesting. Apparently, the the Mayans got their water from these underground cenotes, these underground rivers. So we're going to be checking that out. And it's just super excited. We're, we're staying there for a week. And I haven't had a vacation in a very long time. Not a true vacation. I've traveled a lot. So I'm really excited about it. And I got to tell you, it's been a rough time recently because of what I shared with you about Giselle's dad. I'm not going to go into details because like I said before, I will get her on here and we're going to have like a, a real heart to heart between her and I and, and be- with you. And uh, we'll, I'll let her share this story. But I'm really excited about it because we had a vacation plan before to Thailand, really excited about it. And then it just fell through because of all the things that were going on. And now we're finally going on vacation. Also, I want to give a shout out to Legendary Lean. Everyone in that group is just killing it. They're up against some, some really tough obstacles. Well, some of them are tough. Some of them, some of these people, they work 12 hours a day. It's insane, but they're still making effort and they're still making progress. They're still losing body fat and learning new skills so that they can have better health. And some of the other people, well, you know, it's like, oh, I have a busy travel schedule and I'm going to be going to this wedding here and this business outing slash you know, having a good time and having drinks and barbecues, et cetera, over there. So everybody's getting results and I can't wait to share with you the stories from the group. That'll come eventually. We're still in the first month. So let's get to today's episode because in fact, I'm going to talk a little bit about why my vacation and how I set up my vacation has to do with this topic. Because what do most people do when they go on vacation? Well, they sit around more and drink more alcohol and eat more. So I'll throw in a little bit where it's appropriate about how I start to think about what I do in my life. And hopefully you'll learn something from that. But let's dive into it. Sitting is killing you even if you're exercising regularly. And I know that sounds extreme. And you probably think to yourself, well, I'm pretty healthy. I hit the weights a few times a week. I get one or two steady state cardio sessions or 
high-intensity interval sessions in regularly. I maintain fairly healthy body fat levels, and I go out of my way to eat the healthiest foods that I can. Unfortunately, though, if you spend most of your day sitting, for example, sitting in your car on your way to work, sitting at your desk all day, sitting on the drive home, then getting on the couch and sitting there to unwind after a long day at work, then you're not as healthy as you might believe, even if you hit the gym and you get those workouts in regularly. Even worse, you still have a higher risk for developing debilitating diseases in spite your best efforts to live a healthy life. And don't worry, you're not alone. We're, we're kind of all in this together. Everybody living in a technologically advanced modern society like we do And I've got to tell you, one of the harshest realizations I've had after 18 years in the fitness industry was that I was living a sedentary lifestyle. I mean, sure, I was doing my workouts, my strength workouts, and I was getting some cardio in and doing my jujitsu when I was in mid to late 20s. But recent research says that's just not enough. And it makes sense that a few hours of exercise a week, even if it's hard training, isn't enough to stay healthy and ward off disease especially when you consider that for the majority of humankind's existence, we hunted and gathered for our food. Gyms and weight loss diets weren't needed because life itself was exercise and food was scarce. And even if some lucky group of nomadic humans found a lush area that had plentiful food, it was still nowhere near the the overabundance that we have in modern societies. There were no grocery stores, Costco's, Whole Foods, microwave ovens, Wi-Fi connections, or smartphones. Aside from some cave drawings and perhaps some storytelling around the fire, there wasn't much in the way of entertainment either. And at least the passive entertainment that we do today where we watch Netflix and we surf the net and we're on our phones just scrolling through Facebook or Instagram. Or if you're one of the millennial cool kids on Snapchat. And we don't even have to imagine Paleolithic times to understand how much life has changed here in the U.S. Because in 1890, more than 70% of the workforce had jobs involving manual labor. And 43% were farmers. Life and work was exercised for most people for the majority of human existence. And this transition from a very active lifestyle to our modern sedentary ones has had a big impact on our weight, our waistlines, and our incidence of disease. More recent research into the negative health impact of physical inactivity has led Dr. James Levine, director of the Mayo Clinic Arizona State University Obesity Solutions Initiative and inventor of the treadmill desk, to claim that Sitting is more dangerous than smoking, kills more people than HIV, and is more treacherous than parachuting. We are sitting ourselves to death. Although that seems like an extreme statement, especially since sitting seems so innocuous, he's not the only scientist who believes it. Researchers have found and continue to find strong evidence linking prolonged sitting with a host of serious diseases. Here's just a small list of some of the research findings I uncovered 
regarding the connection between sitting and illness. So prolonged sitting is linked to a greater risk of developing heart disease. Heart disease is the leading cause of death for both men and women in the U.S. And according to the CDC, about 610,000 people die from heart disease every year. Although smoking, high blood pressure, and high cholesterol are key risk factors for developing heart disease, physical activity is turning out to be an important one as well. Research published in the American Journal of Epidemiology found that men and women who spent more than six hours a day of sitting died at an earlier age than people who sat three hours a day or less. And this study, it surveyed over 53,000 men and 69,000 women. They started out healthy, but over the course of the 14-year follow-up, the researchers saw higher rates of mortality among the people who spent the most time sitting. Another important finding was that the time the participants spent sitting was an independent risk factor regardless of their physical activity level. So even if they were working out or doing their thing or golfing or gardening or whatever it was, sitting was still associated with a higher risk of an earlier death. Sitting is also linked to an increased risk of developing certain cancers. A paper published in the Journal of the National Cancer Institute conducted a meta-analysis of 43 observational studies that included around 4 million people and 68,936 cancer cases to assess the relationship between TV viewing time, recreational sitting time, occupational sitting time, and total sitting time with the risk of various cancers. And what they found was a statistically significant increased risk for developing colon, endometrial, and lung cancer. They also found that the risk increased with each two-hour increase in sitting time. And again, this risk was independent of how physically active someone was. If you've been listening to the Legendary Life podcast for a while, I'm sure you're well aware of the importance of diet and exercise for fat loss and optimal health. But what you may not have heard is the impact that prolonged sitting has on the amount of calories you burn each day and subsequently the amount of fat that you carry. In fact, you can burn a lot more calories with light physical activity done throughout your day than with the crazy intense workout routine. And evidence suggests that the calories burned through light physical activity may vary by up to 2,000 calories per day between two individuals of similar size. Now, what does that mean? Well, you got, you know, Bob over there who's 190 pounds and Frank over there who's 190 pounds. And one of them is moving throughout the day. He gets, gets up frequently, takes walks, et cetera, just moves a lot. And that person is burning way more calories. In fact, up to 2,000 more calories per day. And if you've ever wondered why some people seem to be so lean, this is definitely part of it. And while strength training and cardiovascular exercise is important for fat loss and avoiding fat gain, so is your non-exercise activity. In fact, this is called non-exercise activity thermogenesis or NEAT. And I've mentioned that before. And the more time you spend seated, the less time you're getting this neat or this calorie-burning, life-saving benefits of being more active. 
Prolonged sitting increases the risk of developing type 2 diabetes as well because long periods of sitting affect your blood sugar and insulin levels. This means that sedentary people are not only more likely to become obese, but they're also more likely to develop type 2 diabetes. It's well understood that physical activity makes your muscles more sensitive to the effects of insulin, which is a very good thing. While inactivity makes you more resistant to insulin, that's a very bad thing. And research has found connections between sedentary lifestyles and developing type 2 diabetes. A systematic review published in the Journal of Diabetologia, if I said that correctly, in November 2012, analyzed the results of 18 studies, a total of nearly 800,000 participants, and determined that those individuals who sat the most were twice as likely to develop type 2 diabetes as the individuals who sat the least. Another important issue is depression. And although sitting and listening to all the connections between extended sitting and disease is enough to make you depressed, being aware of the risks associated with physical activity isn't the reason why frequent sitters have higher rates of depression. A study published in the American Journal of Preventive Medicine gathered self-reported data from about 9,000 middle-aged Australian women about their activity levels and symptoms of depression. The study found that the women who sat longer and did not meet that minimum exercise requirement suffered from depression at a much higher rate compared with the women who sat less and exercised more. Makes sense, right? And researchers also found that those who sat for more than seven hours a day were nearly twice as likely to suffer from depression than those who sat four hours or less. And here's the final kicker. Women who didn't exercise at all were 99% more likely to develop symptoms of depression than those who met the minimum requirement for weekly exercise. So we know that all sorts of chemicals are released in our bodies when we exercise. Another issue is you may have less of those chemicals and your circulation may not be stimulated enough because you're laying around. So it may not be able to get all those good chemicals into circulation so they get into your brain and to other parts of your body and make you feel good. And again, I want to get back to this critical point, which is that too much sitting is bad for your health and increases your chances of developing serious diseases even if you're getting regular exercise in each day or hard exercise each week. In a study published in the American Journal of Epidemiology that followed 53,000 men and 69,000 women for 14 years, researchers unsurprisingly found that those who exercised more had a lower risk of death than those who exercised less. However, right, that's a no-brainer, right? However, when scientists only looked at the group of people who exercised the most, so this is the percentage of those people who exercised the most, those who sat for six or more hours a day suffered a significantly higher risk of premature death than those who spent less than three hours sitting each day. Similarly, in a study published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition that followed 240,000 adults aged 50 to 71 over eight and a half years, uh, scientists found that prolonged 
time watching TV, which is seven or more hours per day, was associated with an increased risk of death compared to those who watched TV for an hour or less a day. And this was for the participants in the study who were already exercising regularly. So if you're getting in some weightlifting and cardio workouts regularly, you're doing way better than those who aren't. But even if you're getting your weekly workouts in, if you spend too much time sitting each day, you're still increasing your chances of developing a debilitating illness and dying earlier than you should. Extended sitting is affecting your health and longevity regardless of your exercise habits. And I want to tell you something else because you probably listened to this show for a while. At least many of you have been listening for a while because you've written me and told me. And you may be aware and you may be saying to yourself right now, well, Ted, this is all great, but I get my 10,000 steps in in addition to my weightlifting and my cardio workouts and I stay pretty active. What I want to tell you is that's great. And you're ahead of the crowd who's still thinking that a few workouts per week make up for the hours of binge watching all their favorite shows or working at their desk or whatever else it is that they do that is, you know, seated. But recent research suggests that the 10,000 steps is not enough if we want to reduce our risks for disease. In fact, when I started, now I've been telling people, hey, get 10,000 steps per day. And it's not necessarily wrong or bad to get 10,000 steps per day. But I started wondering to myself, well, where did this come from? Where did this magical 10,000 steps a day rule originate from? And I never questioned it before. It sounded right to me. In fact, uh, many pedometers, including the pedometer app I use, have 10,000 steps as the default target for, for daily steps. But As time went on, I started wondering about this rule and how accurate it was. And it turns out the origins of the 10,000 steps is far less scientific than I thought. Professor Katrine Tudor-Locke, who studies walking behavior at LSU's Pennington Biomedical Center, wrote a paper in 2004 talking about how the value of 10,000 steps per day is gaining popularity with the media but its origins can be traced back to Japanese walking clubs and a business slogan 30 plus years ago. Well, what's the issue with that? Well, the diets and activity levels of 1960s Japan are quite different than modern day America. And they're most likely very different from modern Japan. And I'll tell you something more recently, a study published in May 2017 in the International Journal of Obesity looked at Scottish postal workers for answers about sedentary lifestyles, daily steps, and health risks. They recruited 111 postal workers, both men and women, mostly between the ages of 40 and 60. And they also had a mix of mail carriers. So those were the people who spent most of the day delivering mail on foot because in Scotland, they kick it old school, at least with their their postal department. Everyone's delivering mail by foot. And they also compared them with their office worker counterparts who spent most of the day seated. And none of the study participants had a personal history of heart disease, although some of them had some family members with the condition. The researchers measured the volunteers' 
body mass indexes, the waist circumference, and biomarkers of cardiometabolic health, like cholesterol levels, fasting insulin, fasting glucose, uh, hemoglobin A1C. They also had them wear an activity tracker for an entire week while they were at work and home. And afterward, the researchers calculated how many steps each participant had taken each day, as well as how many hours they spent seated or on foot. They found that the postal workers who sat for the majority of the day, those office workers, had much larger waistlines, higher body mass indexes, and worse metabolic profiles when it came to their blood work. No brainer, right? Conversely, they found that the mail carriers that walk for more than three hours a day, covering at least 15,000 steps or more, spent over seven hours in the upright position, meaning they were standing, generally had the best waistlines and no indicators of heart or metabolic disease. So should we all strap on our Fitbits and shoot for 15,000 steps per day? What I would tell you is not necessarily. This was one study and a small snapshot of the participants' health and lives. But the findings do suggest that maybe 10,000 steps, especially with its unscientific origin, may not be the number we should be shooting for. If you're looking for fat loss and optimal health, perhaps 15,000 steps is most likely a better target. In another study that I've mentioned many times before, 14 volunteers were taken to a natural park in Europe where they lived under simulated paleolithic conditions for four days and four nights. Afterward, researchers found that the participants had lost around 10% of their body fat in four days. They increased their muscle mass by 2-3% to in four days and they improved their biomarkers for cardiometabolic health. They did this by averaging close to 25,000 steps per day. No gym workouts, no high-intensity interval sessions, no diets. Just this. Just this walking, this living outside. And if I remember correctly, they did calculate their calories and they were eating about 1,800 calories per day. So it was uh, reduced calorie or or it was, uh, you know, 1,800 calories a day is not a lot is what I'm trying to get at. But this 25,000 steps per day, it seemed to have pretty remarkable effects. I mean, losing your your body fat, uh, 10% of your body fat in four days is pretty incredible. I also want to tell you, though, that their C-reactive protein was also increased by quite a bit, probably because they were very sedentary individuals, then all of a sudden, They're getting in about 25,000 steps per day, and they're basically being active all the time. Probably not a great idea to do things like that. Maybe a short-term intervention, okay, but probably better to be a bit more gradual. But it's something to shoot for. Maybe 15,000 is a better place to shoot for as a minimum, and perhaps 20 to 25,000 steps per day is a better recommendation for people seeking weight or fat loss. And I got to tell you, this also mirrors what results I've seen in my coaching group. And one individual that we had who was losing weight consistently, even when others were hitting plateaus or slowing down. And after further investigation into what he was doing, the thing that made the most difference was that he was averaging around 20,000 steps 
or more each day. And I mean, really, that was about the minimum. He would do 25,000, 23,000, 22,000. The guy was just steadily losing weight, getting progress. Obviously, that's a lot of steps, and that's a few hours per day of walking. So I know we covered quite a bit of information just now, and you may not be exactly sure what you should do next. However, the biggest lesson should be quite obvious. We're designed to move much more than we currently do, and physical inactivity makes you more likely to develop diseases like heart disease and cancer, and it may shorten your life. But how many steps should you shoot for each day? 10,000 steps already sounds like a lot to many people. 15,000 steps or more sounds impossible to some of you listening right now, at least in the context of your current life. So I want to talk about a few different things and how you don't necessarily need to get in steps. But here's what I want you to do in case you are that step tracker type of person. And I really do encourage that you either, number one, buy a wearable like Fitbit or download the free steps app on iTunes. That's what I use, by the way, or the pedometer app if you're an Android user and start tracking your daily steps. That's number one. Start seeing what you're getting in daily. And I like to put it on the phone rather than a wearable unless you're really diligent about wearing that Fitbit every single day because I would probably forget it. That's why I use my phone. But guess what? I always have my phone on and it's always tracking my steps. So if I'm curious, I can always go and check, hey, what, what's it showing my phone? And I'll know. I'll get an idea of what I've been doing. By the way, I don't always have my phone with me on at home because I don't feel like being one of those people who's got the, the Wi-Fi going in my pocket all the time right next to my sensitive areas, my sensitive male areas, although none of the issues have really panned out with the cell phone use, I'm still kind of wary about that. So I don't wear it all the time, but start tracking your daily steps. And even if you're like me and you don't have your phone with you quite all the time, it's going to give you an idea. Number two is once you have an average, set a reasonable daily steps target. Maybe you're getting two or 3,000 in right now. Maybe you're getting two or 300 in right now. Hopefully not. But figure out what it is, then try to bump it up and go out of your way to bump it up. So if you're getting two or 3,000, maybe shoot for four or 5,000. If you're getting two or 300, maybe shoot for one or 2,000. If you're currently shooting for 10,000 each day, well, maybe up it to 15,000. And here's what I want you to do. After you figure out what the next reasonable step is or or the reasonable daily steps you should target, measure your weight, your waist circumference, and get a blood test from your doctor to check out your metabolic profile. In other words, you're the N equals one experiment here. We can look at studies and try to make the best decisions about our choices with regards to what type of exercise we do, how many steps we get in, et cetera. But make sure you're getting the results because if you're doing a bunch of steps per day and you're not getting the results that you're looking for, uh, something has to change. So make sure you're getting the weight loss and or health results that you're doing this for. If you're not losing more inches around your waist, 
and improving your blood work, then consider adding another two to 3,000 steps and reassess to see if the additional steps lead to better results. And I would say don't focus on hundreds. You've got to shoot for the thousands. And maybe a 500 increment if you're really sedentary and you're really having a hard time, but shoot for increases in thousands, okay? A thousand extra steps, 2,000, 3,000 extra steps. I also want to tell you that there's no one size fits all solution to creating healthy habits. In fact, the best habits we create are the ones that we don't have to think about. Maybe going for walks or hikes to get your steps in isn't your thing. Maybe that's just like, oh, I don't really like taking walks. Maybe you don't live in an area where it's conducive to taking a walk. There's no nice parks. Uh, maybe there's no sidewalk at all. I've been to places in the U.S. where there's just no sidewalk. You can't even walk because it's just a road. Maybe getting a treadmill desk and doing your steps in during work is a better fit for you, or perhaps that's too extreme. And what I also want to say is you don't necessarily need to get in the steps. Now, steps are easy to track. That's the great thing about them. But maybe you shouldn't be going after steps at all. Maybe you get more excited about swimming. Well, that's awesome. You could go for daily swims, take swim lessons, go snorkeling, or become scuba certified. And that's a personal goal of mine. And that's why I set up these adventures to go on on vacation. And that's why I'm going to scuba. I don't know how to say it, to go scuba diving in this underwater art gallery that they have in Isla Mujeres off the Yucatan Peninsula. So it's a little island off of uh, the Yucatan Peninsula where Cancun is and, um, and uh, Playa del Carmen. So I'm, I'm, I'm making it a point to go and do that and not just to sit around or to you know go to all the you-can-eat buffets and, and drink a lot of alcohol. In fact, I probably won't drink any alcohol. Uh, just not, not that I'm uh, holier than thou or anything. It's just not something I really enjoy much any, anymore because it messes with my sleep too much. But make sure you go out of your way to find activities that you like. And I've got other clients who love taking weekly dance classes to get in some socializing in addition to moving their bodies. Maybe that's a better fit for you. The point is you got to do something. If you're serious about your health, if you're serious about warding off disease, living as long as you can, and not just living as long as you can, right? Because you can take a whole bunch of drugs and you can extend your life, but living for as long as you can, as well as you can, and having a high quality of life. Well, the more you sit, the more you're going to have an increased chance of developing one of the diseases I've mentioned, heart disease, certain types of cancer, diabetes, obesity, makes it harder to lose fat, and it makes it more likely that you'll develop depression, all terrible things for our quality of life. So even if we last a long time, we're not enjoying it, and we're not our best selves for our loved ones, for our children, for our spouse, for our partners, for our friends, for everyone in our lives, basically. So if you're serious about this, understand that I know it's a lot, right? Because you're probably already exercising. You're like, oh gosh, I thought I was doing so well. I eat kale. I lift weights. I do some cardio every now and again. I get up from my desk sometimes. Well, 
it's going to take a little bit more than that. And I know it's hard in modern life, right? Because many of us, we have a seated workplace. In fact, I'm sitting right now as I speak to you as and record this. But we've got to find ways to make it more natural. And by adopting habits or, or hobbies, rather, that get us up and moving, that's just a natural way to get something in. So those dance classes, those snorkeling or scuba diving classes, those swim lessons, those, I don't know, paintball lessons or airsoft or whatever you're into, get up and start moving because sitting is literally killing you. Your workouts aren't enough. Your eating clean isn't enough. Having your kale shake, getting in that cardio every once in a while, it's not enough. If you're sitting for three, four, five, six, seven hours or more a day, it's taking away from your life. It's making you more likely to develop all the things that we've went into. So I want you to think now how you can make a difference, how you can change your habits, change your behavior, start putting some of this into play. And I'd love to hear from you. Did this make a difference? Did this episode make a difference for you? Did you learn something new? Did you change your behavior most importantly? And let me know. Hit me up, Ted at LegendaryLifePodcast.com, or you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. I'm all over the social media. And if this episode did make a difference for you, share it with someone. Share it with someone who maybe needs to get up out of their chair more often and get moving. That's all I've got. Have an amazing week and I'll speak to you soon.